Hi, Evie. Cheers. Cheers. Hold on. Cheers to the queers. Do you Woo. hear I brought two glass things to cheers. cheers you cheers. are so on it, girl. I tell you. I really liked last week with the um the champagne glass. That sounded really nice. But uh, I don't have champagne. I actually have a plain Budweiser. <laughs> well, you know, you made a really nice cheers sound. So good job. Thank you. Thank you. How was your week? How was your holiday? Well, before we get started, I do want to mention that I do have two co-hosts with me tonight. Okay. Luna and Syzygy are in the studio and potentially could wreak some havoc. Um, Are they like locked upstairs with you or something? Well, they are the sound engineers, really. So, I mean, I just kind of put them in charge of editing this whole episode so we'll see what happens excellent excellent um maybe uh i should get widow involved too oh although widow is a fucking monster (laughs) so i love well okay so here's the thing we haven't 100 like figured out the gender yet but we don't worry about that gender bullshit all genders are beautiful so it's a they them right now i love them right uh and um but also widow is a f- the fucking devil like they'll come in my room and just kind of like i can hear on the side of my bed like like crawl up and everything will be good and then all of a sudden i'll get something like run up like the right side of my body and just tack my neck this is tack my neck just to um, check to see where the vein is or just to kill me probably yeah, my, yeah. looking for the the jugular right I think so. I so here's the thing. I feel like if cats were big enough, they would a hundred percent kill us. Do you well, agree? There are cats that are big enough and do one hundred percent kill us. Exactly. Okay, that's that's fair. But I'm even saying like domesticated <laughs> house cats. I feel like if they were big enough, I think most cats at one point or another would kill their owner. Okay, this is where I have to tell you to listen to the. Uh, felinology episode of the ologies podcast oh my god i love that podcast too because uh they she talks to like this felinologist right like a cat expert and she talks about whether or not your cat would kill you if if uh it could if they could i i i think the cat would i don't know i just think the cat would um i mean it's like they're they're a kitten so right now it's just kind of like, and then we'll have moments where it's like for an hour, I'll just have to hold them and like, like they'll just purr and be so sweet. But I swear to God, 90% of the time it's like, just, I, they wake up and choose violence. Well, you know, violence. I think that like, I sort of, I don't think that cats are like indifferent. I think they're sort of like the, like, I think they... They are, you know, the Munchausen by proxy kind of thing. Yes. Like they are like the the mother or the parent or the caregiver who, you know, gives us our medicine, you know, through like purring and through like the oxytocins and rubbing up against sure. us, all this love to lull us into this sense of like safety and, and comfort. But really, they're secretly plotting to kill us this whole time. Huh. Um, speaking of uh, Munchausen, did you watch that movie Run yet? No, I haven't. Uh, it's. I mean, it's basically it's a lot like uh, Mommy Dead and Dearest, the story, but it's a movie and it has Sarah Paulson. And yeah, I love Sarah Paulson. Fucking great! You should watch it. I it's like totally an hour and a half, a real quick movie, but it's pretty crazy. Okay. Sarah cool. Paulson's great. So, um, yeah. so how was your holiday? Good. Uh, you know, honestly, it was really bittersweet. Um. I think I I think I mentioned last week that the house up north sold. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean today I mean we left this morning and I mean it was basically the last time we're ever gonna sleep in that house and so it was really you know kind of a bittersweet holiday. I mean there was a lot of really great moments you know sharing memories and stuff. I mean it was just Amos and I and Mike. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you know, Zoom calls and stuff. So, I mean, there was a lot of that. But there was also, you know, the moments of, like, like bawling my eyes out, like, on Sunday. Their last sunset ever. From that is sad, summer. though. You know, I mean, it is. So, I mean, it's it's 
just yeah so I'm just sort of and and honestly like we left today and I Amos drove and I worked um in the car the whole way so that I wouldn't miss any hours today you know what I mean yeah. so sort of like I haven't really had a chance to think about it because ever I worked all day and then got ready and here I am with you. So I'm actually in a pretty decent mood, considering the heartbreak. But yeah, I mean, I'm sure it'll I'm sure it'll happen. Yeah, maybe eventually you guys can buy something up there. I mean, yeah, it's, it seems I don't know like about up there, but yeah. Where would you buy if you could? I would go south, not north. Yeah, you're actually come to think of it. You're uh you're definitely a more like fun in the sun kind of person. Yeah. Um I, but for those of us for those I, I think we talked a little bit about this before, but for our, our the folks that are listening that are not from Michigan, um I don't know how else to explain what we all call up north. <laughs> it doesn't start the same place for everybody. If you look at the map of Michigan, uh it is much like a mitten. And I'd say about halfway through is kind of some people consider like what like Cadillac and stuff up north, and that's kind of in the middle of the state. Um, and it's just it it's it is a really great place in the summer. Um, I could see not you know I mean for me it would be a great place all year long because I love the winters. But for somebody who doesn't love the winters, north is definitely more snow and stuff. But um, yeah, up north is a really special. Place. Everybody, I feel like most families, um, I know you're not originally from here, but you've had obviously a lot of experience with up north now, but yeah. most families have an up north, you know, yeah. like there's a place that they go, there's either camping or a family house or a cabin or a, something to rent, like everybody in Michigan has an up north. So That's like a pure Michigan thing too, like everybody in Michigan vacations in Michigan, it's super weird. It is, it's very weird, but it's like, it's the summer, like... I don't know how to explain it. It's one of those places that most of them are small towns and they're the kind of places that, you know, you and your friends, you can get dropped off downtown and like walk around or there's like water parks, maybe like really bad water parks, but still water parks. Or if it's camping, you're camping on a river and you can do tubing like, or you're on one of the Great Lakes and the Great Lakes are like, it's a lot like the ocean. I mean, it's, you know. Or you're on an inland lake. I mean, that's the other thing. Michigan has so many lakes that mm -hmm. everybody just goes to a lake. It's so funny, though. Everybody does who lives in Michigan does vacation in Michigan. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, listen, I love Michigan. There are a, real, a lot of really wonderful, beautiful things about it. But um, if I were to, you know, be sinking money into a place of my choosing. Yeah. It wouldn't be in Michigan. Yeah, it'd be somewhere warm. Yeah. Okay. But how was your week, my dear? Good. How was your holiday? Did you... <laughs> Did, so was your was it your first vegan Thanksgiving? Uh, it was, um, but I didn't do a, a, you know since my surgery I've been kind of weird. My diet's been kind of weird. I had some weird like craving things, and my doctor was like, "Well, you know, some iron won't hurt. <laughs> right. Get a little extra stuff." So I've had some dairy and stuff like that. Um, and but Thanksgiving I went to my mom's house. Just it was just my mom and my sister and I. It, you know, obviously we're all trying to keep it small and no right. travel or anything. Um, but I've been seeing my mom the whole time since the surgery. So that was, you know, that was fine. Right. Um, and so, but for the most part, like, she's awesome about it. She makes everything. Like, by Christmas, I'm sure I'll have it back to where, you know, I'm 100% again. Um, I don't know what the last couple weeks were about, but I think it was just maybe I needed some, like, extra B12 or something. I don't know. I know you can do that, too, with other things, but it was just such a weird time that, like, food was kind of turned into this, like, more nourishment thing, you know? Listen, I, I would never judge. Yeah, so, but on this, um... On that front. Now, I would judge on other fronts, but not... 100%. But, um, like, Christmas, we talked about, like, what, as far as food goes, and there's so many awesome recipes, and my mom is, like, really good about buying, like, plant-based butters and stuff like that, you know, so which is more of, like, a, a vegetable oil-based right. butter or something. So, um, yeah, it was pretty good. Um, she made some really good stuff. Awesome. And, uh, yeah, so we just, I just hung out over there, and we just watched Gossip Girl. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Girls, the for okay, two things. Number one, fucking Netflix is taking Gossip Girl off. Um, what? September 31st. Yep. What? I have to rewatch. I have to rewatch soon. Exactly. So Gossip Girl's gone as a HBO Max. 
And um, uh, they have the best Thanksgiving episodes. So I always watch Gossip Girl on Thanksgiving. Episode or season three, episode I think like eleven, and it, the one before it is. Do you remember? So do you remember Gossip Girl? Oh do yeah. Do you remember when um Hillary Duff was in it? <laughs> uh, she yeah. went to NYU and she was like an actress and she dated Dan. Yeah, and then yeah. Dan Dan wrote a play about Lady Gaga and it is one of the funniest fucking things I've ever seen. They did Hillary Duff so dirty in that show. And she has to sing this, like, Lady Gaga song in, in, like, this play. And I don't know. It's funny. So I watched, we watched a couple of Gossip Girl episodes and just had dinner. It was nice. Oh, that was fun. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and then we watched a great movie. Speaking of a great movie, uh, should we get to it? About How about we get to it? Let's get to it. Sup. Sup. You pump. <laughs> you pump. Yeah. Yeah. How much you bench? I don't know, like a thousand? <laughs> thousand plus? A thousand plus. Like, obviously. I fucking love him. I do too. A thousand plus. <laughs> Uh, so, Death of the Halls. Realize we are talking about the happiest season. Yes. So we got our queer Christmas wish, holiday wish rather, right? Um, for a holiday movie, and we're gonna talk a little bit about it. We're gonna unpack it tonight. Yeah. I mean, so it's called the happiest season. If that wasn't clear. I mean, because it kind of sounded like we were talking about this season as the happiest season. Oh, okay, yeah. No. And really, considering seasonal affective disorder up here in Michigan, for many people, it really isn't the happiest season. But that's the name of the movie. That's true, and that's true. Um, okay, so the movie, uh, a little bit about it. It's uh, directed by Clea Duvall. It is on... Okay, pause. Okay. Did you see her in it? No. She's in it. Where? I, she's listed as a character. Like Georgia or something. Like what? Yeah, I, yes. Okay, so that was tripping me out because I've watched it several times because I really did enjoy it. And uh, she no. is listed as uh, one of the characters. That's wild. Um, I do not remember her as a character, but she is the director of the movie. It is available to screen on Hulu. Uh, it stars Kristen Stewart and Mackenzie um, Davis. Yes, and I was wrong. Clea Duvall does not have a character in it. <laughs> I don't know why I thought she did. <laughs> I'm glad you... Got so worked up about it, too. Like, you waited so long to talk to me about that. Um, well, no, I mean, I watched it several, like, the first time I watched it, I was like, and then I looked, and I was like, huh. So I, I watched it again just because I was like, okay, where is she? <laughs> uh, okay, so, um, it's, it, so we heard, I heard about this movie a few weeks ago, and the, tra- or a couple months ago, rather, the trailer dropped, and again, you know, I don't know, um, I hope you all have been here with us on this whole journey, but last year, we, around this time, talked a little bit about um, Hallmark movies and holiday movies and how there are really not any queer holiday movies. They're not. Right. I mean, I personally have a deep affinity and affection for really cheesy Hallmark Lifetime Christmassy movies like that are like romance or like hijinks and like just really love them and I've really really wanted a good queer one right for a really yeah. long time and this really I think does kind of fit the bill it does it does um so yes again I I too love Christmas movies and holiday movies and um, I'm actually uh, I like them my mother loves them my mother loves them so much that at their place of work, um, they have a TV and DVD player. 
And, you know, a lot of it's baking where she works, a lot of baking and stuff like that. So a lot of like prep work and stuff in the kitchen. And there are constant, constant Hallmark movies on. <laughs> that is what they do. I've seen almost all of them because of, you know, when I work with my mom. Um, and then when she's not at work, she's at home watching them. Yeah. So she's a big fan. And so I kind of grew up with them. And just myself, I watch them too. There are a couple that are my favorite. Um, shout out to Mistletone, still my favorite holiday movie. I believe it came out in 2016, maybe 2017. It starts Tori Spelling. Um, and uh, 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 I got to look up the other actress. And um, it is my favorite holiday movie on the planet. And on top of that, Oh no, it came out in 2012. Oh boy. <laughs> I was re- um I was really really late to that. Uh Sorry, 2012 guys, the Mistletones. Uh, wow, I'm actually I'm really kind of upset that you were that far out of the loop, Nicole. How can I oh trust my. you to keep me up to date with pop culture? You can't. You can't. Well, I only came across it around 2016, and my niece and I were obsessed. Watch it immediately. I'm sure you can rent it somewhere. I have it on Apple TV. At some point um, within the next few months, when we start recording together again, I will give you. We'll sign into my Apple TV and watch it because it is actually hysterical, and it, there's music in it, and I love the music in it. Well, anyway, so holiday movies, yes, great. And um, last year on Queered, we did talk a little bit about, um, you know, Hallmark's lack of representation. So much so, do you remember the um, commercial situation yeah. with Hallmark? Yes. What? The commer- commercial gate. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, they couldn't even uh, feature, what was the commercial for? Uh, maybe jewelry or something. I can't remember. Yeah, like a, a proposal or something like that. Yeah. And they, were, they had a, a lesbian couple on it. And Hallmark, because of all the, like, bigots, like, protests, that Hallmark took it off the air. But then, you know. Yeah. He, In fact, I think that was one of our. Here they. Here she. Here we. I think that was one of those stories. Yes, yes. So um, Hallmark has, you know, they've. Eh, eh. That's what I got to say about Hallmark. Eh. Yeah. Um, it's fun what they do, but they're incredibly white, incredibly heterosexual, incredibly. I mean, even just like most of the people are are privileged and. Yeah. Well, and also, yeah. I mean, like, and the the quote unquote like. It's just not just white. It's waspy white, right? I mean. <laughs> Waspy right is right, yes. There's, I mean, there's not a whole lot of variation. <laughs> you can pretty much always, like, there's usually the the female lead is a workaholic of some kind mm-hmm. or some sort of, like, non-believer in Christmas miracles yeah, yeah. or whatever, or like, you know, and then she happens, happens to meet the the guy who, you know, who's going to be her Prince Charming and he can be, and he's usually her nemesis. Yeah. Or somebody that she hates right off the bat, you know, but then they fall madly and deeply in love or at least goofily in love. And yeah. And he's like usually local, local boy, local man. Um, And there's a lot of things that take place in like, those places that sell Christmas trees, like Christmas trees, they're not stores. They're not Lots. farms usually either. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Like, um, I don't know how to explain it. Like stands, like there's just a whole, like they have one on Woodward right now. I've thought so many times about driving there and like parking and looking at Christmas trees and seeing if maybe I meet somebody. Cause I don't know. <laughs> I mean, although I'm meeting like a hometown dude from Royal Oak who moved out to the big city and, didn't uh <laughs> didn't care for it so he moved back home to make like wood people or something I don't know <laughs> that sounds like the perfect hipster tale um I moved down to downtown Detroit for a little while and you know tried to figure out who I was but then came back home to Royal Oak and carved <laughs> wood figurines for yeah. my Etsy yeah. store exactly <laughs> um and that's not that there's anything like- wrong with any of those choices no, but that's just not what I'm looking for right now, you know? That's just, that's all. Um, but anyway, so 
we talked about that last year, and this year our wishes came true. They gave not not Hallmark, no. mind you, not Hallmark, but, but a Hallmark esque style movie. Yep, Clea Duvall gave us a happiest. Well, not a, just called Happiest Season. No, um, what did you think of the movie? Tell me. Well, your I mean, first of all, like it was a very queer uh, production which I thought was really exciting. I mean, with, you know, the two leads, you know, being queer and uh, Dan Levy, one of the supporting characters being queer. Um, like, I thought that was really fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, you well, know, the director herself being queer. So yeah. um, I don't know if Mackenzie Davis identified, like came out as anything. Has she like come I, out as, I was reading up on it, and it, yeah, I mean, like, I don't know if she's come out as anything other than, like, not straight. Okay. Um, she was also in San Junipero, which, if you have not seen that, stop right now and turn it on. It's on, um, uh, what is that show, Black Mirror? Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. yes. And it's a great episode. It's a beautiful episode. You know, Black Mirror is a little, like, it's hard to say a lot of it's beautiful because it's kind of fucked. But San Junipero is one of those really special episodes. And it, the, the episode itself was nominated for an Emmy. Like, it's just really special, special episode TV. Well, anyway, and then Kristen Stewart, who is, um, I guess she's bisexual. Uh, but she definitely on SNL said she's so fucking gay. Do you remember that? Right. <laughs> um, and she's like primarily dated women after leaving um, Mr. Robert Pattinson from the Twilight movies. Um, and then also in it is Aubrey Plaza. Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, I don't believe that she's queer. I don't know. I don't. I mean, I, I don't believe she's straight, but that's another <laughs> conversation. She's definitely not straight. <laughs> in my head she's so fucking hot oh my god she is amazing um and then the rest of the people are like kind of well and dan levy from schitt's creek which is he's amazing and then like um so it's basically so they're obviously we're gonna give some spoilers here so if you haven't watched it yet you probably want to watch it first yeah hit pause yeah hit or, pause and come back to us or, you know, just maybe watch at the same time as we're talking and it'll be sort of like this weird fucked up episode of Mystery Science Theater 3000, except it won't be science fiction. It'll be lesbian rom-com meets holiday movie. Excellent. Um, holiday movie. Holiday. <laughs> holiday. The premise of the movie is basically uh, Kristen Stewart and Mackenzie Davis are dating. They're a cute couple. Mackenzie Davis is very tall. I don't know why I point that out, but it's just kind of funny. Because <laughs> you're very short? Yes. I don't know why, but it's kind of funny to me to always see a t- like to see a tall person and a short person. I don't know. It was, I, it's ridiculous. You know, Amos is tall and I'm short. Not really. You guys are pretty, like, a fair, a good match. Mackenzie Davis is really tall. And Kristen Stewart's not. <laughs> and when they How make tall it, do you think Kristen Stewart is? Probably like 3'7". I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> She's the elf on the shelf. Yes. Um, no, I don't know. Probably like 5'4", five, 5'5". Five, five. And I think well, Mackenzie... That would make like Mackenzie Davis like... 6'5". <laughs> right? No. Um, I don't know how tall... T- She's 5'11". I might have just saw that. <laughs> Mackenzie Davis is 5'11". And Kristen Stewart, we're going to look this up real quick because I, it, it doesn't matter, but it does. It's 5'5". Five, five. So that doesn't seem like a big difference. But it is. It's just funny. Well, that's also the same difference between Amos and I. Fuck. Who's 5'11"? Amos is not 5'11". No. She's 5'9". And you're 5'4"? I'm 5'3". By three? Short. <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, well, regardless, it's just funny. And it's it's just funny. That's fine. <laughs> so they're together. Uh, they have like, it seems like they have a cute little life, right? 
Yeah, I mean, of course, at the very beginning, you know, they've got the, yeah, the the whole cutesy cutesy, we're super in love. Yeah, and then um, it, in the, the where it starts, I don't know what they're doing, if they're doing okay. that, like. It starts, I mean, I think the premise is, is that Chick, uh, Mackenzie Davis's character, what's her name? Uh, Harper. Harper has like a super conservative family that is political and she's going home for Christmas and she loves Christmas. Abby, Kristen Stewart, doesn't love Christmas. She lost and her parents. Uh, like, yeah, so she doesn't celebrate Christmas with family usually. She lost her parents. She doesn't seem as traditional about it. And then Harper, in a moment of like this like kind of lovey-dovey moment, invites her home for the holidays. Forgetting to tell her that she hasn't not, she's not only failed to come out to her parents, but that when she tells her parents that she's bringing someone home, it's just her roommate, her straight friend, Abby. Yeah. And, and she kind of makes it out like Abby is an orphan and has nowhere else to go. Although Abby's like 30. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and like uh, lost her family when she was like which is incredibly sad but lost her parents at like 19 and it's it's funny because they constantly bring it up they make it out like oh you probably never had a christmas and she's like well you know i lost my parents at 19 so yeah i mean yeah. mary steen Burgeon plays harper's mom she's great the political wife who's gone viral and i mean she is hilarious yes yes hilarious she and really plays the role of the, like, wound, tight, like, uh, mother with very high expectations of her family. Yes. Yes. That's perfect. Um, is that how your family was? Your family's political. Yeah, my family is political, but my mom is not wound tight. I, my mom is, my mom can, uh, you know, she has anxiety sometimes about things. Yeah. And she gets worried about things, but not in that kind of a way like my mom's not uh hoity-toity I I don't know another term for it right yeah no that's a great one she is um Victor Garber plays her dad and he's just like the classic like politician guy um he's he's so the hapless politician though like he's so like he's the guy who like really would be nowhere without the women in his life Yes. Uh, and then um, Allison Bree and Mary Holland are Harper's sisters. And it's fantastic. Mary Holland is like this, like. Jane. Yes. Is the best character. She's very eccentric. And she gets kind of like trampled on in that family, it seems. Like, just. I don't have any secrets, but I'm an ally. Yes. <laughs> and then Allison Bree is perfect. She, I love Allison Bree. I love her in everything. And she plays the, like, totally kind of cold, slightly vapid sister with the, like, perfect-looking family. And they always have twins. And twins are always kind of, like, those perfect, weird kids. I don't know. I have a theory about twins. I'll get into that another time. Well, um, you know, we could potentially uh, talk that through with our friend, the Reverend. Oh, shit. They are twins. Callie the twin. <laughs> I love twins is what I meant to say. <laughs> um, yeah. So, and I don't know, they don't really get into where the hometown is, but it's kind of a smaller town, obviously they're from Pittsburgh. So I'm assuming it's somewhere in Pennsylvania. Um, yeah, it seems like Pennsylvania. And that's also the other thing that kind of kills me about, about the sort of premise of this, like he's running for mayor of this kind of small town because it seems like everybody kind of knows everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Like when you're running for mayor of a small town, you don't need some kind of like white knight donor like <laughs> like the, he's the, trying to get the know, white that, whale or whatever and a gas Which is just so weird. It's like this you're going for fucking mayor, dude. Like those are fucking local fucking house parties, okay? Those are not fucking major, major donors. Not in a small town. I know the mayor of a small town. Like that's not how it goes. Um, yeah, so, so Abby, um, Abby and Harper 
Abby decides, okay, fine, I'll go home with you. And midway in the drive, Harper, like, pulls over and basically tells Abby, like, wait, just so you know, I actually haven't come out to my parents yet. They don't know who you are. They think you're my orphan roommate. (laughs) And... And Abby is, like, so amazing to be like, okay, fine, you know. At first, she's a little hesitant. At first, she's like, yeah, I'm not going. But then talks her in it, and she's like, okay, yeah, well, you know, I'll I'll go. We can do this. And and then, it, so that's where it's, like, kind of a typical holiday movie, you know. It yeah. just And then hijinks ensue. Um, however, one of the biggest problems with this movie is it is such a fucking tired premise. Because it turns into this movie all about, like, being in the closet. And, like, yes. Okay, that is still relevant. Yes. Yes. However, it is, uh, you know, there, it is time. Now, um, to be clear, I actually, you know, before this movie came out, it was trending on TikTok a lot. And so I was watching some of the videos. And um, one of the users, uh, she made this really good point about how we just, we need to start existing outside of our trauma, you know, (laughs) like in just like fully fleshed out stories that aren't like just traumatic coming out the same old thing with like any of, you know, people from the LGBTQ community, which is what it ends up being. Like it's constantly true. I think that's true. But I also think that like usually I feel like that sort of tired old trope kind of comes out from uh, more uh, straight-centered movies. But this is the, I mean... No, but but what I'm saying is, is that this is from a queer perspective. I mean, like, and that was kind of what I appreciated about it was because, like, at the end when there's, like, well, near the end, like... Um, Dan Levy's character, John, is having a conversation with Abby about, you know, what she wants, right? Like, does she want to, you know, be with this person who can't, you know, come out to the world, right? And, like, his whole speech is probably the best, like, few moments of that movie in terms of, like, the, the, I think what the real premise of the movie is. I think he kind of lays it out right there. You know, it's like, yeah, I mean, like not everybody's story is the same. We all have a different story to tell and it isn't about not loving someone or, you know, you know, and it isn't necessarily about fear either. You know, it's just about all of these other things that were kind of wrapped up into it. I don't know. I mean, like, however he puts it, it's so fucking beautiful. It and, is. It is. You're right. And I'm it is. To... The only, I've never seen it put that way. It's usually just sort of like tied up in a little bow at the end. Like, well, I love you and we're all going to be fine, you know, and you don't get sort of the underlying emotions that go on with it, I think, you know. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, it it was a good... Com- well, okay, well, here's the problem, though. I mean, I think Harper is fucking terrible in that oh. movie. Oh. I 100% would have broken up with her, like, nine different times. That bitch gotta go. I mean, so they not... I don't even know how to explain it. She's just... Her, like, dis- disregard for Abby and the whole, like, situation... For, I mean, so first of all, you're staying at somebody else's family's house, which is a little uncomfortable anyway. You're sitting there for five days. They don't know the nature of your relationship. They make assumptions about you. And, like, she does not help in any way. She does not help the situation. She, she kind of never. And- she never has Abby's back. Never. And that's kind of the problem, right? I mean, it's like. I mean, even in moments where she's like, you know, like when like the the twins sneak the thing in and there she's accused of shoplifting and like, oh, my God. Yeah. And Harper goes to this dinner without her. Like, what are you doing? You brought me here and now you're abandoning me. Yes. I think that the biggest, the most of the conversations I see around this movie, like I thought it would be more about the fact that it's a coming out story because, you know, listen, the thing about Hallmark movies, the reason that they're kind of good is because they're easy. They're easy peasy. You know, the the tension is usually based on something silly and it's they're lighthearted. And 
it would you know it'd be nice to have some queer holiday movies that are like just lighthearted. Yes, this actually ends up being a brilliant movie and like you said with like Dan Levy's speech and stuff, but you know, we all kind of wouldn't mind like just a traditional girl, you know, bi- like busy city girl meets um cottagecore farm girl and you know what I'm saying like nothing about coming out um Nothing about that. No, that isn't an issue. Just just about existing outside of all of that trauma, you know. Um, and I but- think that I totally think that is fair. I really do think that's a fair criticism. I yeah. and I don't discount that at all. I just, you know, but I I do think also that like in terms of some of the coming out stories, I feel like this was probably oh, one of my favorite ones, right? Well- well, what I was going to say is that, yeah, that I that was an issue. And that's what I saw people talk about a lot until it came out. Then once it came out, everybody started talking about why in the hell they like kept like Abby and Harper together. Like Harper was so awful. Not only did she like leave her at the dinner and then to go out like, listen, I get that, you know, jealousy is a fickle thing and it's funny and it shouldn't be a a problem although we all kind of deal with it and we all have it and we you know and it should certainly not like dominate like decision making in relationships you know you can't not do things for people but there is a line of respect and I think Harper crossed it so many times about going out not you know when Abby wanted to go home after all that bad stuff happened and Harper was like I'm gonna stay out and then stayed out with her ex-boyfriend of course and her straight friends who all think that she's straight too because she lied yes and wants her to get back with her ex-boyfriend there is like pushing for that. Oh, and then when she's like texting Harper and Harper's not texting back, no, I would have one thousand percent left. I and I, then the next morning, oh when my she God. goes to check on her and she's just like, ah, you're just like, why are you being so smothering? It's like, oh my God. <laughs> Once Harper, again, you've put me in this really uncomfortable situation and left me hanging. Listen, listen, queerdos, if this ever happens to you, what she did that next morning, that's called gaslighting. No, no, it's not okay. It's okay for you to feel certain ways. It's okay to be upset about things. Don't ever, ever listen to somebody who says that you're like suffocating them if they're legitimately telling you or or if you're legitimately telling them about something that hurt you or something that bothered you. That's gaslighting. Don't do it. Don't let it happen to you. And Harper was like a fucking, like the queen of it in that movie. And the fact that, yes, the way that she was like, I just, I don't know. It's so gross to go there. The whole, you're suffocating me. And so, I mean, throughout this whole movie, Aubrey Plaza's in it too. And she's kind of like the ex-girlfriend to Harper. And it seems like, well, you find out later in the movie that, some not the same thing happened to her but harper did something almost worse right Uh, one of their straight friends found a note in harper's locker from um riley which is aubrey plaza's character and it was basically like i love you and then harper decided to tell everybody that riley was gay and just in love with her (laughs) so let her probably be bullied and you know made fun of and ostracized for sexuality all the way like yeah okay and you know it's actually interesting because because I watched it a couple of times I did catch a couple of things that I hadn't caught the first time uh and like um when Abby and Harper first get to town and they all go to like the family dinner and um you know the surprise of you know the ex-boyfriend there and then they run into Riley as well and Riley's there with her parents Mm -hmm. um They're, you know, talking about about Riley at her family dinner table. And her mom says something along the lines of such a shame about her lifestyle choices. Yes, yes. I caught that the second time, too. So basically being fucking homophobic and saying, like, your lifestyle choices because Riley was, you know, Riley's gay. Even though 
<laughs> they were in a relationship. Oh my god. So Harper is literally the worst. Like I don't find there's not much. There's not much. Re, there's not many redeeming qualities about Harper. No, I um, I found none. Yes, I mean, and then on top of it, so Kristen Stewart and Aubrey Plaza have some smoking chemistry, and they're just like, they kind of like have some, you know, have this in common, and so there are a few scenes with just the two of them where they sort of like reach out to each other and, and I guess kind of sort of become friends, and yeah. um, so obviously everybody is like, what the fuck? <laughs> you need to leave Harper immediately and end up with Riley. So it's, I mean, I guess, I guess it would have been, I don't know. It's, it's kind of weird to me because I don't think that Kristen Stewart and Mackenzie Davis really had any chemistry. Like they just have kind of an awkward, I don't know. I yeah. I, just, I don't think they had a lot of chemistry, but Kristen Stewart and Aubrey Plaza certainly do. Agreed. But I don't know that it would work if Aubrey Plaza would have been the girlfriend and Mackenzie Davis would have been the ex. You know, like, I feel like it worked well that way, is having Aubrey Plaza as the ex. Um, oh, yeah. Because then there was the tension between the two of them a little bit. Yeah, so yeah. Sort of it was like, almost too. queer baiting, but not because... Because they're both gay. There yeah. actually is queer love in this. So, yeah. but, you know, I mean, like that. You know, there was there were moments where you thought, because we all kind of, yeah, hated yeah. Harper and kind of love Riley and kind of, you know, like, and Kristen Seward's character, Abby, is fucking awesome. So, yeah, you want the two awesome characters to be together. Duh. I know. I mean, if, I, I don't know how they could have ended it that way. Like, I get it. Like, it wouldn't have worked. But, um, yeah, so after all of that, literally, Harper comes out in this, like, really, like, dramatic moment. And then the other sisters kind of come out with what's been on their, you know, weighing on them. And, you know, I, yeah, I guess she kind of forgives her. And I just, for me, it would well, okay, so what happens, though, is, is, so it's not a traditional coming out story in the sense that the the person themselves doesn't come out That's to true. the family because um, she keeps wanting to push it off past the holidays because it's a very important election season because daddy's running for mayor. For mayor. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but uh, so she and her sister Sloan, who uh, – have a very hyper competitive relationship. The Sloane is the perfect mother, the one of the the mother of the twins, right? Yeah, that's Allison and Breeze. She's great. Turns out, you know, um, so she she supposedly has the perfect family life, but it turns out that her husband is having an affair with some political consultant of her father's, and she and her husband have separated and are planning to get a divorce. They're just afraid. She's afraid to tell her parents because once again, the parents have this you know, sort of role set in their mind for this daughter. And that daughter is the one with the perfect family. And that's how she benefits their political life. Mm-hmm. And if she doesn't have that, she doesn't have any value to them. So she's afraid to tell them that. Yeah. She does make it clear that like, she says, you know, like love is kind of earned in this family, which is sad. Right. So. so when, when Sloan, who is so competitive with Harper, I mean, they're constantly competing against each other for their parents' affection. Um, when Sloan finds out that she's got one up on Harper because she finds Harper and Abby kissing, you know, she's going to go out her to yeah. her parents. And that adds a whole nother level to me. I mean, because she outs her in this way that is, um, <clears throat> I mean, it was reckless. Yes, it was the heat of the moment, but it was also an intentional act. I mean, like she wanted to hurt her sister in this way. Yeah. And when she says it in front of this entire, you know, like party of people. Of course, the, like, party, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The pause in the room, the gasp. It's like this moment where like she has this look on her face like she realizes what she's done and that she can never take it back and that she can never change the situation. Like she's changed her sister's life forever in that moment. And like, it's almost like she didn't have that realization before that. Yeah. Because she was too busy being pissed and yeah. indignant. Um, 
and then she has that sort of realization in that moment and it's just like really it was very palpable for me in her face you know sort of the horrified like moment of like holy shit I just did that yeah but like after one second of like yeah I just did that and then yes and that was sort of the other thing about it like that outing was like I mean awful and horrifying and just terrible you know like that in and of itself like the vindictiveness behind it was awful I mean I guess it's hard for me to like relate in some ways because I've just been out for so long and and I'm I surround myself primarily mostly by people who are either you know queer or they're they're just they know about it's just not as much of an issue but I guess it still is an issue a lot of places and for a lot of people and sometimes I do forget that like for me I kind of was like oh this movie would have been amazing in like the year 2000 right but also I guess it's kind of a privileged position to take because it's just because it's like that for me, does that mean it's like that for everybody? Turns out. Turns out, <laughs> also, we're kind of old. Yeah, that's actually <laughs> fair. That's I mean, actually fair. You know, I mean, the kids these days, the youths, the youths. The youths are actually, though, I mean, the youths, I feel like they, uh, they're they actually. They got their stories, too. They're actually, um. I mean, I don't, I don't want to like generalize, but overall, I feel like this is, you know, it's just gotten better and better and the youths today are pretty accepting, but also I feel like that depends on where you live. Um, how, I think that yeah. really definitely depends on where you live. For sure. For sure. I, I obviously I can't speak for all the youths, but I feel like I have a, a, a sort of a, a handle on the general attitude and it's, for the most um, part, pretty progressive. Okay, can we rewind to earlier in this conversation where I I did question how trustworthy your ability to keep me in touch with pop culture, yeah. i.e. ute culture? Here's the thing, though. I'm not exaggerating when I say I spend anywhere between two and six hours a day on TikTok. And that is bad. It's very bad. However, it does, um, it does, it keeps me, you know, I mean, I, I, I mean, although my For You page is definitely not, you know, really focused on just general, um, young person's interest behavior. I mean, it's mostly Taylor (laughs) Swift, um, and, uh, a couple other weird things. But um, I feel like I have a little bit of a handle on, and for the most part, people seem to be, like, you know, progressive with, like, coming out and stuff like that. Like, I feel like now the attitude would be more of, like, um, I mean, again, that's this is unfair to say because it really, I feel like it does depend on where you live. There are more conservative areas. Um, but also, like, if somebody comes out and, you know, like, I think it would be more, it's, it's fair to say that it would definitely be more accepted now even than it was five six years ago you know um oh yeah that. I mean I think I think generally yeah I think social shifts are happening for sure I think they're yeah. happening all the time it just seems slow and then sometimes it, to others you know to more conservative people it seems very fast right like oh my I god know. this is all happening so quick why is you know <laughs> Pretty soon they're going to be marrying dogs. I know. I mean, listen. <laughs> listen. I mean, listen. If I could get my dog to have the health benefits that I have, fuck yeah. Yeah. And I mean, obviously our relationship, you know, I mean, there's no consent there. So it would not be that kind of nature. But also. And also, ew. That's disgusting. And um, But Texas is the love of my life. Like, yeah, I'd marry him if he could have like. Although I don't really have decent health benefits, so I don't know what you get out of it. Well, honest. yeah. I mean, I was just kind of talking hyperbolically. <laughs> okay. Because I was like, to be fair, I don't really have anything to offer. <laughs> you would probably make me sign a prenup. <laughs> you know, it's true. Luna and Susie and Echo all have way more going on. Yeah. I have nothing to offer you, Texas. Yeah. Um. Uh, so yeah, no, but that's, I feel like that, I don't know. I don't know where I stand on. I came into this conversation feeling one way, 
but you do a really good job at like um pointing things out and I feel like I learn a lot from you and <laughs> no I'm serious. how did I change your mind about it well just talking about like Dan you know I didn't focus much on Dan Levy's speech there even though it's a great speech and it is important but like I don't know, it made me stop and think, like, wait, maybe coming out is still kind of relevant. I just wish that, like, I mean, of course I wish that it wasn't, but I really just still want, like, I want, like, a a, a queer mistletones, you know? Like, sure. that the, biggest, the biggest problem that they're facing is um, who's going to sing at the annual uh, holiday concert at the mall, you know what I mean? Right. Um, but at no. the same time, I mean, we are, we are not in a post-queer world where you know like people's sexual sexuality sexual identity is sort of like assumed right I mean it is assumed to be heterosexual we're assumed to be cisgender we're assumed all of these things yeah. I, I feel so like I that mean, that shift is happening though I do like that like with pronouns and your bios and right um, agreed the yeah. shift is happening but I mean, it's still a relevant and universal queer theme, the sure. coming out story. We sure. all fucking have to do it somehow or another, either daily or, you know, <laughs> periodically. But I mean, you know, it is that sort of universal story that we can all kind of relate to and wrap our head, our, our you know, hearts around, you know, because yeah. queer people are, we are not a monolith. We're like so many fucking varieties and flavors is way more than Baskin Robbins ever had of ice cream, you know? So it is one of the uni unifying themes that we've got as a community. Um, you know, I want to say, so for people like me who do kind of like to have that, like the queer entertainment with a little bit less, drama uh there is this whole genre of lesbian fiction books um I'd like to actually do a whole episode on it once because um I, I think it's for me it's fair to say that they in some ways changed my life now that sounds a little silly because you know I'm not really um like I'm not I okay okay here's the thing like romance here's the here's thing. thing like romance wait, wait. things I feel like this calls for breaking news Breaking news. Um, I don't care that much about romance kind of things. Um, maybe that's because there's so little like representation uh in, you know, traditional stories. There are some good ones. There's some great love stories that I do like. Um, there's some great you know, but literature is always different. I mean, you know, when somebody, especially like an author, has a way with words, I mean, Anna Karenina made me like fall in love a million times. There's a lot of like old books that like I've you know, Jonathan Saffron Fuller, I love the way he writes, um, Nicole Krauss, like just a ton of authors that made me like, like, so maybe that's where my, when I'm looking for that kind of like, um, you know, a, a kind of a, it, like romantic story or anything, I look more in literature. That sounds super douchey, but you know what I mean. Well, right. But I, and you're not talking about romance novels. You're talking about actual, like... I'm, books that have yeah I don't think there's anything wrong with like a romance genre I've never been I've never really read any of the books um and I'm not a book snob my favorite book in the whole entire world is Zoe Gets Caught it's from um my book series that I own that I've owned since seventh grade it's called Boyfriends and Girlfriends from Catherine Applegate Zoe Gets Caught is the first book there's 28 books I have reread them if, if I see I read audiobooks all the time I read a book two three books a week but if I read a physical book it's one of one of my book series books like this is the I love them they're my favorite books so I don't have I'm not like book snob but um there are some great great love stories in in literature well I have found lesbian fiction on like audible if you search it there's a couple authors that I have just these stories they 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 unlocked the they found the key and they unlocked it there's nothing about coming out. They're just traditional, like what you would think of Hallmark, but have no, very nothing to do with the holidays or anything. But it's just a really almost like a like a Nicholas Sparks novel. But generally speaking, most of them don't do deal with like there's not a lot of like trauma in the books. You know, the kind of things that they come up against are like like the Hallmark stories, like a bad boss or losing a job or moving or you know they're usually not. They're just really easy excuse me, like nice reads of like lesbian love stories. And there's a few authors that do it so well. Melissa Braden is my favorite. She wrote these books. She writes like, um, 
She has a couple series. There's one called like um, the Soho Loft series. It's basically about these three or these four best friends in New York City that went to college together. And it just each book is kind of their own separate little like love stories. And they're all gay. Like they're all post coming out. So it's just like simple little like books about like there's another one um, about like a girl who's lost her partner in a plane crash years ago. And then she ends up like you know, she's still close to the family and she ends up falling in love with the younger sister. It's weird, but like there's great little stories and they're so fun to read. And like, if you're looking for that, I strongly suggest putting your snobby side aside because I had to, because I was like, Oh, I'm not going to read lesbian fiction, but putting (laughs) that part aside and getting these books on audible, start with Melissa Braden. Um, I love the Soho Loft series. I there's a ton of them. She she probably has about 15 books out or so. Every single one of them is good. Each one's a sell like a most of them are like standalone uh, stories. But um, I don't know. I just if you're looking for it, that's where it's at. Or Georgia Beers is another writer. Um, K. L. Hughes uh, is a good one. She wrote um, this book called The Art of Us. And now. All of these other books, I will say, most of them are just, like, easy, like, light reads. The Art of Us is one of the most beautiful books I've ever read. I don't know. Okay. I don't know what she, where, where or how she came up with this book, but it's literally, literally, like, reading Anna Karenina for the first time. Like, it is so, the prose is so beautiful. It's, I had to stop, like, five times and be like, oh, my God. Um, But the rest of them, like, that one's a little, a little heavier hitter, but the rest of them, um, like there's one uh, Melissa Braden writes called Strawberry Summer, and they're just all so cute, and I love them. And now, like I've, I, I own them all, and I re-listen to them all the time, and I listen to them when I go to bed, you know. So it's like, kind of like my little book series, you know. Right on. Like, have you, have you read any uh Sarah Waters? No, no. Should I? Yes. Um, and okay. that's all I'm gonna say about that. Okay, fair. Um, yeah. Well, they did a movie uh, based on one of her novels a bunch of years ago, like really long time ago, called Tipping the Velvet. I know the movie. Um, yeah. yeah. And so she's got a bunch of novels. And, I mean, she's just excellent. But also, like, I mean, there's a lot of really great lesbian writers. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I would definitely put Sarah Waters in the category of, you know, like love stories and things like that. Um, but with beautiful prose. Yeah. Um, well, these now, like, like I said, like I said, these books are more like what I would imagine traditional like romance books are, or like they're just stories. It's not there's there's not a ton of depth. You know, you're not gonna read it and be like, oh my god. They're just, you know, I I love reading, and I like I said, I read two three books a week, and it's some books though become like my friends. I know that's so ridiculous. No, but, I know, totally get it. Like, yeah. These just really great stories. And isn't that funny, though? Because sometimes you're like, I can't believe these people don't exist. Like, they, I have a hard time with that sometimes. Where I'm like, these are actually characters. They do not exist. Um, but these books are like that. Like I said, like a Nicholas Sparks kind of just lighthearted. You know, these aren't like there's some queer writers that write some really important, amazing shit. And I'm not saying Melissa um, Braden doesn't do that. But this is definitely more just like light reads you know like it's gotcha you're not gonna find like it's not but that's that's what I'm saying if that's what you're looking for sometimes you just want like an inner entertainment I mean like strawberry summer is about this girl who ends up going to school in a small town in California and then she moves away her dad owns like um a department store she comes back it's a will they won't they it's a lot of friends to lovers things it's you're not going to find like a lot of deep, deep, deep meaning in them, but they're so entertaining and they're so fun and that you can read them a hundred times, you know, that like, it's just, I don't know. They're just fun. And I oh, think right that, on. yeah, that sounds like fun. Yeah. Sounds I think right on my alley. I would love to one day do an episode because I actually follow all these authors on Twitter and they're really awesome about like responding and stuff. So maybe we can get, we can talk to one or um, I don't know, just ha- like, uh, I'd love to do an episode on just uh, the some of the fiction books that are out now because I've That'd read them all. That'd be awesome. So yeah, so just saying, if you uh, if you're looking for that, you know, if you're looking for that, if you kind of missed that because that seems to be a pretty a, a big 
part of the conversation before the movie came out and before the big part of the conversations ended up being like um Riley and uh what's her name should have ended up Kristen Stewart and Aubrey Plaza should have ended up together. Oh yeah. But before that, it was more like why can't we just have you know, just a queer fun story. But we do have those. They are just in books. So check out Melissa Braden, Georgia Beers, uh, Kale Hughes. There's quite a few of them out there. Yeah, check out uh, fucking Michelle T as well, who is yeah. actually like more of like an easy fun read. Yeah, I I like that. I mean, I I don't know. I like because you know for my work, my job. I'm in the car so much. So, and I listen to a lot of podcasts, but um, I listen to audiobooks, and I only listen to like like I go back and forth, but um. I like, I just, I don't know. They're just like fun stories. You know, they're usually, you can listen to them in a couple days and then. Yeah. 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 I mean, speaking of uh, stories though, where like you, you think of people as your friends. Mm -hmm. uh, Money Heist. Money Heist. Fuck yeah. Watch Money Heist. I love that show. I'm almost done with the first season. I am a hundred percent obsessed with all of them and I'm completely convinced that they are all my friends. Isn't that weird? I just had the hardest time with books. Like, even my book series I read all the time, I'm like, Zoe Passport doesn't exist. How the fuck is that possible? It's so weird to think, like, they don't exist. Ugh. I, I know. Don't, I don't How know. am I going to call this person when they don't exist? I know. I'm like, ugh. It's just, I don't know. It's funny. Uh, so, so, happiest season. What? Happiest season. Oh, yeah, so it's going to go back to right to questions. Back Happy to season. our topic. Back to our topic. Thumbs up, one thumb up, one thumb down. What do you think? I think it was, I really enjoyed it. I would watch it again. I'd say two thumbs up. Um, maybe you're right. Maybe it's not that tired of a topic. Maybe we still, um, you know, it's still relevant. And Dan Levy does bring, you know, bring bring all the points home. So. Oh, my God. His character is the best. Yeah. Him and Jane win all the awards. Yes. Those so, are my two favorite characters. And I agree. I think it's a two thumbs up movie. I mean, I thought it was a great cast. And I think I might be wrong on uh, Mackenzie Davis. You might be right. She might just be straight. But either way. Yeah, she's great. Um, I mean, she played she's played queer in a couple different roles. So she's right. an ally, at least. Um, right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I loved the cast of characters. I mean, uh, definitely very hallmarky in the sense that it was very white, very waspy. Mm -hmm. um, but I think, you know, it did still have some, you know, some of the queer lens that has sort of been, I think, traditionally missing from a lot of the coming out stories that have been a little bit more played out, I think. And this, you know, this kind of gave a little bit of a twist on the traditional coming out story and, yeah, yeah I mean, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a, a good movie. And, you know, all's well that ends well at the end, you know. Yeah, and it did end well. It's a good movie. Watch it. Watch the movie. It's a heart um, warmer. Yeah. Yeah, it's a heart warmer. It'll definitely roast your chestnuts. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so should we get to crushes now? I think crushes are the appropriate next step. Excellent. In our relationship. <laughs> you have a crush on me. <laughs> Yay! So Nicole. Yes. I want, to, I want to know who your crush is this week because I know you have a crush. Uh yeah, I mean I we're since we're talking about happiest season, I'm just gonna have to go with Aubrey Plaza. Uh great idea. I mean, she obvious okay, obviously in the movie, but also um, Parks and Rec, like, April is one of my favorite characters of all time. So. Hands down. Absolutely. Of all time. I mean, she's so great in that show, and she's actually good in everything. There's this really ridiculous movie called, um, Mike and Dave Need Dates or something like that, and it's with, um, Zac Efron and her and Anna Kendrick and this other dude that you would recognize, uh, but I don't know his name, and it's actually fucking hysterical because she's so good in everything she that woman can do anything she's yeah so there's this one too where like she's like uh trying to lose her virginity and it's sort of like uh uh sort of twist on the traditional you know like teenage boy wanting to lose his virginity story yeah but it's her and it's 
It's not tired. It might be the same movie that you're talking about, but it, oh my god, it's so good. <laughs> she's so funny and That's hilarious. She's, she's hysterical and like um like game sh- not game shows, but like talk shows and stuff. Like I just I love her so she and she's hot so. Agreed. Love 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 her and yeah, can't go wrong with an Aubrey Plaza crush. Yep. And what about I'm, you? Uh, my crush is gonna be Dan Levy. Great choice. Because you know I mean listen. He isn't a huge character in it, but you don't need to be huge character to leave a huge mark. And honestly, he is so fucking phenomenal. I absolutely love him in everything as well. And uh, I love him. I mean, I think that he he really does help bring the premise and tie it all together with that little bow that the Hallmark movies have. So excellent. Good choice. Love him. All right, um, so if people wanted to find us on socials, where would they do that? At Queerdos on Facebook. And? At Queered Podcast on Instagram. Excellent. And leave us a message. Rate, review, subscribe. Please. It helps us get on the charts. Um, And, uh, yeah, awesome. Uh, This is a fun conversation. You know, because the charts are super important to us. They're a little important. Well, I think more important than the charts is just getting us out to other people, which is okay. what the charts do, maybe. But I like the charts, too. So <laughs> um, we are off the charts. So that's actually fair. That's, <laughs> so, um, yeah, I love you. So, I'm uh, I miss you. I can't wait you. till this super fucking surge of covid is over. Uh, soon enough. We will be back together soon enough. Exactly. Um, until then, stay weird. Be queer. See you next week. See you next Tuesday. I'm just really popular among the fuzzy crowd. Mm-hmm. Fuzzy? Fuzzy?